You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to episode number 125 of Leading and Learning. So glad you're with us today. Uh, Today we're going to be dealing with the question of who are we praying to? And this this episode comes out of a a conversation, um, a statement that somebody made to me recently. It was uh, uh, in an environment where I wasn't really able to ask them to clarify it, but the statement was this. Well, we're all praying to the same God, so in reality, it doesn't really matter what you believe or how you pray, because we're all praying to the same God. And like I said, I was clarified, and when I say challenge, I don't I don't argue with people, but I do like to ask them what they mean, and to, to get clear, um, and to, to understand exactly what they're saying, because, you know, one of the things that I've affected the church is is that of universalism. And universalism is the that, you know, in the end, we're all going to be saved. And who you're praying to. You can be a Christian or a Muslim or a Buddhist or a Baptist, whatever. It doesn't matter. If you're a universal, only one road that leads to God. Now, we may be on these other roads now, but eventually... Now, let's just... I, you know, most of you know I'm a theologian, and, and, and I like to clarify what Christians believe. Now, you don't have to understand what traditional Christianity teaches and why, when we hear what you believe, why we, we disagree with that statement. Now, of course, Christians or Jews would disagree with that statement, and good Muslims would disagree with that statement. Cults within... Christianity would disagree with that. Excuse me, disagree with that statement. But Christians, uh, Orthodox Christianity, um, teaches this in John fourteen six: the truth and the life. No one comes to the very very strong statement. This is Jesus Himself saying that He was the only way. Wrong. We can say it's not fair. But ultimately, we've got to do way to God. And I'll do that in just a second. But, but I want to give you another verse of Scripture. This is uh, from Acts chapter 4. And this is uh, the apostle Peter was preaching. And this developed over many, many, many years. And, you know, the church has kind of taken it where they wanted it to go. But, you know, as a theologian and as a, as a biblical scholar, you know, you can trace most of this stuff back to a very, very early uh, time in Christianity, months after Jesus had left the scene and he had entrusted his work to his, his the guy who was leading the early church at this point, he said in a sermon, he said, and there is salvation, there is no other name under heaven given among men by which Christianity 
is squarely at odds with the notion of universalism. Also, uh, a belief system that's available to Christianity would say, we don't want you. There is nobody that Christianity would say. However, traditional Christianity does say, this is the way that you have to go. There was no other way. There was no other um, uh, salvation and no one. Traditional Christianity is against and stands at odds against universal welcome everybody who's willing to acknowledge Jesus and think about. Now, what what does it mean? How can Christians, it's not politically correct, people get all angry. You know, it's funny, they don't get angry at, it forbid that a Christian should say that they believe that Jesus is the only way to God. Or Judaism, about, you know, saying that they're the only way to God. But man, if a Christian says that, boycott their business, you know, march in front of their churches, you know, it's believe that Jesus is the only way to God. Look, it's not enough to just say for people that aren't Christians, the Bible really holds no authority. Um, you know, just me just saying that the Bible says this or the Bible says that, that means nothing. What is it that that gives this this idea of Jesus being and why is it that Christians have clung to this for 2,000 years? What it boils down to is this understanding that Christianity, first and foremost, Christianity has nothing to do with what you believe. Now, in its form, Christianity is about belief in an event. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then Christianity would have survived days, or even weeks after he was put to the dead. Uh, the resurrection of Jesus from the dead is the Messiahs were crucified all the time in first century Rome, in first century Palestine. You know, any other Messiahs or kings running around because that was a, a threat to their empire, Messiahs are. But Jesus we know who he was. Messiah, he, he, he said that he was the Son of God. He was crucified. And then we're told, and all the evidence points to never to die again. Now, if that's the case, if Jesus rose from because nobody else has done that. You know, Buddha didn't do it. Muhammad didn't. They stayed dead. And, and Jesus, rising from the dead, sealed the deal in saying that he was the him. Now, you can reject that. You can question the historicity of the resurrection. However, uh, historians have attacked the historicity of the resurrection of the dead. And when it gets right down to it, they walk away going, well, they walk away going, well, there's really no way to, to, to disprove the resurrection all towards the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead. So, you know, I invite you, if you, if, if you don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead, dig into the evidence and see that Jesus rose from the dead, and that was part of the package for our salvation. Statement to say that we're all praying to the same God. You hear that pretty much in every segment of society. Um, this idea of pluralism and universalism, and, you know, we're, we're all in this thing together. Well, there is a sense that we're all in this thing together. You said that there was, no, there was salvation in no one else. And there's so many other ways to God, then why did Jesus need to die? I mean, was it just some big cosmic misunderstanding that took Jesus' life? 
or, as the Bible teaches, did he to be saved? So, I invite you to consider these questions. Where I'm wrong, tell me where I'm right. Let's interact. Go to davidspell.com, leave your question or think about this important subject. Um, what, what is the, 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 the Christian response, the proper Christian response to universalism? I believe I've shared it with you. You know, we're not going to beat you over the head if you don't agree with us. But understand up front, this is what Christians have believed and continue to believe after 2,000 years. And, uh, you know, if Jesus doesn't come back as he promised he would in the next, you know, uh, 2,000 years, we'll still be believing it. So davidspell.com, leave me your comment or your question. And while you're there, sign up to get my free newsletter. I'd love to stay in touch with you. Your email address is safe with me, but by subscribing, you'll make sure that you get um, every post right into your inbox. You'll also get my free subscribers-only newsletter that I send out once a month. Uh, friends, I want to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning was brought to you by my book, Street Cop 2 Reloaded. You know, the, the, the police have been under attack uh, in our society like never before the last few years. But let's face it, if you take away that thin blue line, our society will quickly uh, fade into oblivion. We'll, 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 the walls of normalcy will, will fall, will descend into chaos and anarchy, and you know, it's not going to be a pleasant place to live. These men and women who wear blue are the thin blue line who protect us every day. And uh, Street Cop 2 Reloaded is more first-person, true stories of my law enforcement career. Uh, if you enjoyed Street Cop, or even if you didn't read Street Cop, check out Street Cop 2 Reloaded. You will love it. Some stories will amuse you. Some will probably disturb you but hopefully you'll walk away with a greater appreciation for the men and women in blue. Well, friends, again, thanks for being with me. And until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to pursue your passion.